Yo, what's good, man? It's your boy, Tuana Sergio Entrepreneur, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, the Black Business Bureau, where our goal is to help black businesses and entrepreneurs be better one step at a time. So the name of this episode is going to be called It's In You. And this this particular topic has been weighing on me very heavy um, the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months. Um, and I don't know why I never thought to talk about it, but um, this is the best time to talk about it right now. So what do I mean by that? Uh, when you when you talk about entrepreneurship and uh, it's not a thing. Well, for for the majority of people that I know who are entrepreneurs, it's not necessarily a thing that you just start doing. It's something that's that's in you. You know what I mean? It's just it's like one of those things that you can't help. Um, and for me, it's, it's even been uh, kind of a thing where I had trouble explaining um, like where it come from, where it came from. And how did I even because because how did I even get into it? Because there's literally no business owners or no entrepreneurs, or anything like that in my family. So I'm like first generation. Um, so a lot of people in my family, they don't understand it. Um, and so it's just one of them things. So and also <clears throat> I've never um, I think this is about the fifth episode. I've never formally introduced myself and um, talked about how I even got to this point to be so um, passionate about business, entrepreneurship and customer service and the things of that nature. And so um, I'm going to be talking about both of those things. It's in you. And I'm going to be talking about, you know, you know how it's in me. And I'm also going to be talking about um, just give you guys a background of me, who I am, um, and things of that nature so you can get a better understanding of um, who Twan the Serial Entrepreneur is why I even call myself that and how I even got to this point so uh, yeah so let's go ahead and get to it man so <clears throat> me right now I'm actually um, 33 years old I got a birthday coming up uh, next month September 25th I'll be I'll be uh, 34 so um I actually live in Birmingham, Alabama right now, of course, and I've been here since I was 19, so you can add the years up. But I'm originally from a, uh, a small town called Kingsland, Georgia, and it's actually um, in southeast Georgia. It's the furthest city southeast before you cross the uh, Florida-Georgia line. And so growing up, that's pretty much where we did everything at, in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we had, I grew up. We had one high school. We had two middle schools. Um, we had a couple elementary schools, um, but it was that type of small town where everybody knew everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, one grocery store. You know, uh, it was just that type of that type of city. And <clears throat> and although it's grown now, um, it hasn't grown a lot. It's grown some though. Um, you didn't really see from what we thought from what I thought you didn't really see a lot of entrepreneurs um but you you really did but you didn't see it in the way that we see it now so um because you got to think about it being in a small town like that 
that actually was a very great place to be an entrepreneur because it was so small. Like, for instance, um, Mr. Gross, I went to school with his with two of his kids. We graduated together. Um, he was a, um, a a construction. He he built he built houses. And a lot of times, like, you would go to one person's house, the house would be exactly the same as when you went to another person's house. So it's like he was able to make his millions in that small town because he was, he was like, the only one there doing this. So I started thinking about that as I got older that, and thinking of other people um, that lived down there that, that were doing so good. And the reason being is because they, 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 they was able to take advantage of the opportunity being you know, but my parents, my dad was a working class. I grew up with just my dad. He um, worked at Georgia Power. Back then, that was a good job. It's still a good job today, but so Georgia Power, he worked. And and he also was in the, the Air Force. He did the Air Force Reserve. So once a month, um, we would go to Macon, Georgia. That's where my dad and his siblings, my grandma and everybody is originally from. Um, my dad moved to Kingsland for whatever reason. And uh, that put us down there by ourselves. But so all he all he really taught us was work, get a job, work, get a job, work, get a job. And you know he had a good reputation. So uh, when I got my first my very first job, I was working at Win Dixie, and I was uh, I was 15 years old working at Win Dixie as a um I was I was a bad boy, you know. And growing up, I always knew how to work i always had that work ethic because my dad instilled that in me we um we he taught me how to cut the grass you know when i when i got of age and uh you know got a little more responsible he put me on a ride along more you know i would i would i was responsible for driving it up into the uh the shed with the you know with the ramp like i did all that i did the weed eating you know i did you know, and he didn't have to. Um, after a certain time period, he was comfortable putting that in my hands. Now, I did other things like, um, you know, you know, you do stuff in the house, but um, you take out the trash. Of course, you do that type of stuff. But I always knew how to work. Is my, that's my point. He taught me how to work. So when I did get into the working field, um. And another thing he taught me in working, he taught me to when you do it, you you do it right the first time, so you don't have to do it again. Because, um, you know, when you do jobs, you try to do a halfway, you're gonna have to go back and do it again, no matter what it is, whether it be the dishes, uh, whatever it is, cleaning your room, when they come in there check, you know what I mean. So he taught me that. So when I got into the working field. I always thrived in the working field. So let's start with my very first job. So the very first job I had, I was 15 years old and it was at Winn-Dixie in Kingsland on Highway 40. So uh, my dad got me that job. He knew the, he knew the manager. Um, and when I, when I, when I got the job, I got hired as a bag boy. Y'all know what the bad boy do. They bag the groceries, put everything, uh, what it goes with. And that was pretty much it. So um, I did good on that job, and I actually loved the job. I got tipped all the time. 
because um, I took pride in what I was doing. Um, when it when it was no uh, bags to fill, you know, no one ever had to tell me to uh, to go out there and get the buggies. Uh, it was just just one of them things. Like I said, my dad instilled that work ethic in me. So when I when I got my first job, I already knew pretty much what to do. Got fired from that job. I was on the 15, of course. Got fired. Um, my second job, I worked at McDonald's on Highway 40, which was right down the street. Um, same thing. I actually worked in the kitchen on the uh, the grill, flipping the burgers, stuff like that. And again, I stayed there. I don't really know how long I stayed there, but I do know that I got fired from that job. Um, I was 15 So those those actually were my first two jobs Um, And I'm not gonna I'm not going to say the exact reason That I got fired from those jobs But I will say that I was only 15 years old So um, I don't know I don't know I don't know It could have been this Could have been that But what I will say is I knew early on That I didn't like going to a job And clocking in and doing um, what they told me to do um, and having to do it the exact way they told me to do it or I would be in trouble. I, I already knew that I didn't like that because I, I kind of like doing things my own way. I learned that at an early age. So <clears throat> um, that was 15. So I ended up going to, I had some troubles in school and the troubles that I had in school was I wasn't being challenged. You know, I was one of those kids that would um, I always made A's and B's and never had bad grades. Um, but I was one of those kids who got their work done early. And after they got done with their work, they goofed off and did all that type of stuff. But I guess you could say I took it to the next level to the point where I caused trouble. And and I just got to the point where I will say I've always had a record in school when it comes to when it came to behave misbehaving um for whatever reason you know this is not a podcast for that but i i now know um the reason that i had those challenges in school um but i but one of the one of the things that i will say is that i was i wasn't being challenged and my full potential um was not being um they weren't pulling pulling out my full potential um so when I was, I did my first semester of ninth grade, I ended up getting expelled and my dad sent me to Job Corps. When I got to Job Corps, um, you know, they say Job Corps for bad kids. But when I got and I, when I got there, I realized where that came from because it was a lot of bad kids there. Um, but I went to Job Corps and I decided that I wanted to take up a trade in culinary arts because I've always loved cooking and I always felt as though um, I would either be doing something in the music field or something dealing with food. Um, I stayed at Job Corps for a year. I got my trade. I was able to get my GED within the first couple of weeks that I was there. Um, with with me getting my GED so quick, um, that put me ahead. Like I said, I wasn't being challenged. So at so at 17 years old, well, well, 17 in the ninth grade, so. Let me back up a little bit. In sixth grade, I had I had to repeat the sixth grade. That's why I was a little older in the ninth grade. So that ain't had nothing to do with uh that ain't had nothing to do with uh this podcast in particular. But I just wanted to say that kind of make it make sense. But so 
while my classmates were in the ninth grade, I had already had my diploma. So that put me, if you would say my the grade that I was in, that put me like, you see, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, that put me three years ahead. If, you t- if we talk about the grade that I was supposed to be in, that put me like two two years ahead of my, my age group as far as having my diploma and being able to go ahead and get that start in the world or whatnot. So um, I was able to get my, my uh, GD in a couple weeks, literally, of me being there with only a ninth grade education, you know. And after after me getting my GED, I was able to work on my full trade every day. Um, otherwise, it would have been trade one day or one week and GED classes or whatnot the next uh, week or work, school classes. So, so I stayed there for a year, got out. And when I got out, I moved back to Georgia, moved back to Kingsland. And my dad was able to get me that job again at Winn-Dixie. And again, this time I, I didn't go to the uh, to bagging. I went to the dairy department. Learned that. Went to the uh, seafood. Went to the dairy department. I went to seafood and learned that. Um, I learned the bakery. But where I ended up was at the meat department. And I think that the reason they put me. <laughs> but where I ended up was at the meat department. And I think the reason they put me in the meat department because that was the most challenging department in the whole store. I learned that department very quickly. Um, it was to the point where I started running it by myself. The only issue there was I had a. The only issue there was the manager who was over me was a, a redneck uh, racist. And, you know, we didn't get along. And I, I knew how to deal with with it. But that at that point, I realized that I had a issue with people lording over me. Um, not, a, not an issue with authority, per se, but those people who... Um, felt as though just because they had the title or you know that type of stuff that they could talk to you a certain type of way they could treat you a certain type of way they, they you know they just felt like they were better all that type of stuff and, and at that point in my life you know I was uh, I was 18 I was going on 18 I think I had just turned 18 I was 17 going on 18 and that's when I realized that I did indeed have an issue with those type of people being over me. And I realized that at that point, I wanted to be over myself and I wanted to do my own thing uh, and and make my own money. So that's when I realized that, of course, I had no idea how to do that, how to even get started with that at all. So end up getting fired from uh, Winn-Dixie again. Go figure. Worked at Wendy's very briefly. Um same situation did a great job but got fired um so at that point you know my mom lives in Birmingham I talked to her she she uh convinced me to move to Birmingham on the west side in Forestdale 
so at that point I knew nothing about Birmingham. I knew nothing about uh, a city life. Um, and so everything was new to me. And so I came to Birmingham and I ended up getting a job at Arby's on 78, um, on 78 in Forestdale. And the job at Arby's, that job was very key in my, um, in, in grooming me to be who I am today. Um, when it comes to, um, my customer service, when it comes to the, the, the values that I have when it comes to um, when, it, when dealing with um, customer service and stuff like that because <clears throat> the manager that I had his name was Yarnell Ellis what up Yarnell his name was Yarnell Ellis and he when I, when I first started working there he seen something in me um, again I learned the store I learned how to run that store front and back but <clears throat> he really taught me to he taught me that concept of becoming um, who, whoever I'm working for. For instance, in this case, it was Arby's. So, becoming Arby's. He taught me that whole concept, and he and he um, he was able to instill that in me. And he, you know, he trained me. He he just always talked about my potential and those type of things. Um. And I was able, and I was able to to that that me working for him at that particular restaurant, it really sparked something in me, and I was literally able to take what he taught me and take that into every single field um, that I've ever been a part of, every single job that I've ever been a part of since then. Uh, needless to say, I got fired from Arby's. <laughs> Uh, left Arby's Ended up working at McDonald's Again This time in Birmingham On 78 Got fired from there <laughs> You know what I mean uh, we, we, We'll say Ben I have got fired From almost every single job That I have ever had In my life And You may judge me for that But There's a reason why There's a reason why um, That I this, There's a reason why Like I said It's in you It's, it, it's always been in me And uh, I haven't been able to, to 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 suppress that need to just be on my own. I just never knew how to be on my own. You feel what I'm saying? So, got fired from McDonald's. <clears throat> um, let's see. From McDonald's, I actually moved to. Um, I ended up moving back to Georgia again, and for maybe a year and a half, something like that. And from Georgia. I did get a, a good job in Georgia that I didn't get fired from. It was a great job, but my car broke down. I couldn't get back before to work. Uh, so I didn't get fired from that job. It was called Fleet Tech, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. Um, I worked at another job doing fiber optics. Got fired from that job. <laughs> so when I moved back to Birmingham the second time, this this is it was another turn in my career. My personal career, when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship and just being a, being my own being my own person, I got a job at Camp D's on seven eight, and um, I got there, and within four weeks of me working there, I was literally only there for four weeks, not an exaggeration. And the the the, the general manager, she just told me how uh, much she she enjoyed me and. I see seeing my potential 
And she asked me um, Did I want to be her uh, Assistant manager under her And of course I said yeah So The reason is because man I came in And I learned again I learned that whole store And I was able to run that store by myself I, I actually became Captain D's You know when the people walked in the door Although it felt stupid Hey welcome to Captain D's uh, All that type of stuff And I learned that Again, a couple years before that from Yarnell when I worked at Arby's. And I was able to thrive because of that. My work ethic and the way I did things. The thing about Captain D's was, and that promotion was, there was several people who had already been working there for literally years. And not only had they been working there for years, but um, they they were they were qualified for that position. Um, I'm not going to say one of the people in particular is, is a girl man when I say this girl was the truth I mean I, I can kind of argue and say in a certain way she was she was just as good as not better than me of course she had been there for years um, but I guess for me to just only have been working there for two for four weeks and for me to come in like I did I guess I just stood out and um, and uh, I guess that's what happened so um, that was my first time dealing with a situation where I had got promoted over other people and dealing with the backlash and all that type of stuff. So I ended up staying at Captain D's um, for about, uh, I stayed there for a while. I'm not going to lie. I ended up working at that one in Forestdale. I ended up working at the one in, on Finley. And I ended up working at a brief, at a brief, uh, for a brief period at the one in Bessemer because that's where I actually got my manager's training from, but from a lady named Pearl. And only her store was literally made for managers. So <clears throat> with me working there, I was able to get that get that training. So um, when I came back to Forestdale, I will actually be ready. Uh, and so what happened was the manager, the general manager from Forestdale, ended up getting fired. And so with her getting fired, they ended up moving me to Finley. When I moved to the one in Finley, we talking about the kind. I guess it's it's in the same vicinity, but we talking about on the north side now. So we got a whole different set of employees there, different type of employees, and it just didn't go good. And what happened was I just started to not even care um, about about the job, and I ended up getting fired from that one too. You know what I mean? So, but <clears throat> that job really did show me that I can perform at a at a high level uh, in a corporate environment. Um, if you will So After Captain D's I end up working at uh, Let's see I end up working for um, I, I don't even remember I can't even remember Man it was so long ago But I do know that I After um, I end up working at Crystal For a little bit That's what The, the lady Patricia Who's my general manager At uh, At um at uh, Captain D, she ended up going to work for Crystal as a general manager. So I went over there. She tried to get me to be a manager, but of course I declined because I didn't plan on being in that field long for long. I, and so I left there and I went to work at a call center called Sitel. Shout out to everybody who worked at Sitel, man. So Sitel was in Crestwood off of Puerto Madrid Boulevard, and we were a customer service um, liaison for. Um, Verizon Wireless. That's that's who the contract was through. So we did all their business for that. We handled all their calls. Now, 
this job was very vital to me because it really made me hone in on my customer service skills. Even even though Captain D's and stuff, you know, I, I did that and I and I did learn a lot through that. But actually learning with dealing with irate uh, customers on the phone, um, dealing with different people from all different walks of life, um, that that job at Sattel really um, really taught me that. I was there for less than a year, and while I was there, I was only a customer service rep on the phone, but I was so good at what I did in taking calls when I when I got off my regular schedule. I will work overtime and doing overtime. What I would do is I will actually walk around and act as a supervisor. So if someone had their hand up, I would go to their desk, um, you know, help them find whatever they needed in the system. Um, I would take supervisor calls. And when if the customer asked for a supervisor, a person would have their hand raised. And, you know, of course, I wasn't a supervisor, but I would act as one. And so um, I was only there for like nine months. And I was able to learn that job and do that job so well that they trusted me to do that. And I was I was good at it. You know what I mean? And so um, <clears throat> the reason I was only there for nine months, because August 2010, that that um, center actually closed. It closed. And so I had to get a job. up. So I was my future was looking bright at that at that particular job. But the center closed. So it weren't really wasn't nothing I can do. So I went from there to another car center or two. Um, and so what happened was I ended up finding a job that I really loved. After all those jobs, get fired, all that type of stuff. Um, I ended up working at a driving school bus. And when you driving school bus, <clears throat> it kind of it is customer service. You're dealing with kids and you're dealing with their parents. And that's just a totally different field in itself. It really is just making sure that you get those kids from point A to point B safely. And not to not to try to. uh, And while I was working at I was driving school bus during the day, I worked at Max Transit uh, at night in general service, servicing the buses at night. And that, you know, we worked pretty much by ourselves. I ended up getting fired from that job, too, after almost two years of being there. So. I mean, it's, it just is what it is. So, <clears throat> um, driving school bus, I, that's the thing. I haven't, I didn't, that's one of the jobs that I did not get fired for, from. And I actually, that's actually the longest job that I ever had. I stayed at that job for, uh, from 2013 all the way until, uh, 2020. So that was seven years of me having a particular job, um, consistently, um, and I actually, that was actually the only job that I ever had in my life. Well, besides the one that I'm at now, and I'm, and I, we'll get to that uh, in a minute. But I, I literally enjoyed going to work every day because I love working with kids. I always had a passion for working for kids, working with kids. This is prior to me having kids, um, and I just, I just loved that job. What I was doing, it really meant something, and it was just one of those jobs where. I just really took pride in what I was doing every day. And again, I did that job at a high level. Um, I was one of those people. I quickly gained a reputation um, at, I was working for Birmingham City School System, and I quickly gained a rep- reputation 
for being the but one for being the bus driver that that uh can handle any t- any any type of group of kids. And so <clears throat> what I would do was I would just build a relationship with each child on the bus. You know, I would start by learning every last one of their names. Those those kids, no matter what group of kids I had, they all gonna start off the same. You got a new bus driver, they're gonna try you, all this type of stuff. But I promise you, <clears throat> before the end, before in a, in, a, in a couple weeks, I, I had all of them in line, all of them. And you know, I just used my own method. And so what happened was, <clears throat> they be, I became the person. Where they, if there was a group of kids that no bus driver wanted or that uh, they felt like couldn't get in line, they put me on that bus. And I promise you that I was never defeated by any group of kids. Only one group of kids that I had that, that I had to kind of get took taken off that route. And that was when I uh, did a route for uh, I did a route for uh, in Inglenook and they and I took them kids to Carver High School. I had a little dude pull out a gun on me uh, outside the bus one day, and I'm not gonna get into, get deep into that situation. But <clears throat> other than that, man, it's just it was a great group. My the actual last group that I had before COVID hit, they told me it was an ex police officer that was the driver of that bus. He ended up getting fired for putting one of the kids in the chokehold. They told me that when you get on this bus, the only thing you're gonna be able to do is looking look. Put the bus and drive and just look forward and drive. I said the devil is a lie. And I was right. Though I had like 80 kids, man. Them kids end up loving me. I was able to learn every last one of their names. I was able to build some type of formal or small relationship with them, <clears throat> the parents, and I turned that bus around. You know what I mean? I and I say that to say, um, when I do jobs and when I do what I do, I always do it at a high level. I try my best to do it at a high level. And so, you know, but there's always been this thing to where um, I wanted to, I just wanted to be myself and do my own thing. So that's where the whole entrepreneur thing, I guess, came from is is that, number one, I always realized that that I, that I wanted my time and that I did not want to work for anybody but myself. But the thing is, I just didn't know how to take my ideas and make them turn, make them into money. You know, the skills that I have is I'm a producer. I'm a, I, I do audio engineering. Um, you know, I play the piano, I play keys and stuff like that. But besides playing in church, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily know how to turn my gifts into a business. And so that's what I'm that's what I've been struggling with um for the last couple of years is really trying to find the exact way to to leverage my gifts and turn them my gifts into uh into into into, into a business into money. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the hot dog stand. Yeah, the hot dog stand. Alabama's new number one choice for plant-based eating right here in Birmingham. Oh. So you're riding in the car and you can't find anything to eat. Maybe you're vegan 
vegetarian, or maybe you just want to try something new. Well, you're in luck because it's lunchtime, and the hot dog stand is the place we eat. Where everything is plant-based, come and see. From our number one seller, the special dog, to our famously delicious chili dog, we serve nothing but good food to put you in the mood. So come on down to the hot dog stand. And remember, when you arrive, use the coupon code PLANTBASEDFIRE. That's PLANTBASED, F-I-Y-A, to get 20% off your order. Now, back to the podcast. You know, and if you look at what an entrepreneur is, it says a person who a person who sets up a business or business is taking on financial risk and the hope of profit. You know what I mean? And that's key, taking on financial risk. It's a it's and and that's the thing. That's one of the that's one of the biggest things is the financial risk part because when you're working a nine to five, they're not gonna they're not going to pay you good enough to even be able to take those financial risk. They're gonna pay you just enough so you have to come back to them. You know, and I and I realized that early on that being being a being a worker, they're 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 not gonna take care of me how I, how I need to be taken care of. They're not gonna take care of me how I need to take care how I need um how my family needs to be taken care of. They're not gonna do that for me. And so I always realized early on that they're in it for themselves. So I need to be in it for myself. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's always my dad <clears throat> worked at his job for uh, 30 something years, 40 years until he retired. And he's always instilled that for me to do the same. But it just ain't never set right with me because that's not something that I want to do. And with me being, in, being into that, having that mindset of that's not what I want to do. Now here it is, I'm 33 years old and I really haven't established anything um, that that is sustaining me. And so that's why I'm at now trying to, and that's why, again, that's why I call myself the serial entrepreneur. And the reason being is because I got a couple things. Um, and the serial entrepreneur, if you look at uh, the definition of serial, it says relating to, consisting of, or arranged in a series, rank, or row, serial order appearing in successive parts or numbers um in other words several things you know what i mean um that are that are kind of like ongoing at the same time if you will you know <clears throat> with with me with my studio you know i was i had my studio going on um versatile studios uh, and the reason that I did that was because <clears throat> I, I ended up working with a at a studio and I was doing all the work and having to split the money with the owner. And I felt as though I'm doing I'm doing this job better than you. You don't really care about the uh, clients. Only thing you care about is the check. And so uh, I like, bro, I can do this on my own. And so I jumped out on my own. And I took that financial risk to open up my own spot, and it didn't. It didn't work out. Um, it didn't work out, and the reason that it didn't work out because um, when you talk about being a serial entrepreneur, man, it's, it's really not one of those things that you that you want to do when you're trying to get something to, more than one thing off the ground at the same time. You know, because because again. A serial entrepreneur is someone who is exceptionally creative in bringing up new business ideas and works hard on those ideas to set up new ventures. This is someone who can fail over and over again 
This is someone who can take the lesson from their failures and turn it into greatness. That's crazy. I never, I have never read that definition before, but that that's crazy. This is someone who can fail over and over again, but someone who can take the lessons from their failures and turn into greatness. And I, I'm not gonna get too, uh, I'm not gonna get too deep off into that at this point because the the next episode, I'm actually gonna be talking about that with a guest in detail. Um, the the aspect of failing and those type of setbacks stuff like that but that's 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 good right there and so what happened was i'm trying to work on the studio but at the same time i'm trying to get the hot dog stand my food trailer that i'm actually uh building trying to get that up and running at the same time and so i'm spending money trying to get the studio up and running and i'm also trying to spend money to get my trailer finished at the same time so i'm not able to focus on one more than I'm able to focus on the other, and it, and the more the more expensive one um, was the uh, the studio because I had rent, I had overhead that I had to make every month. Again, that's that's that financial risk. I had that financial risk that I had that I jumped out there and did, and I wasn't quite quite ready for that. So I ended up having to uh, close it down. Um, ended up having to close it down. So so I definitely took some lessons. Um, from that whole experience that I'm that I'm gonna be using, uh, and I'm and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell y'all one on right now. This has been straight up during that time period of me having the studio. Um, again, the Higgle the Serial Entrepreneur thing again. I was actually using my my skill, my my um, I guess you could say versatile. You know, VEMG, my production company, I, the keyboard part of it. I was playing at the church. And I was I was making um I was making decent money enough to uh, do my part when it came to paying the bills and all that type of stuff. But it wasn't it wasn't enough to not have another gig. You feel me? But again, I've always had this resentment of that nine to five thing, man, because I know that it's just not for me, and I know that it's not doing anything for me. Except for giving me a check And so I want to be in a position Where I can make my own check You feel me And I just thought that That was actually the start of You know this whole uh, Self-sustaining Entrepreneurship life But I mean in reality it wasn't Man I'm being honest If I had just had a 9 to 5 During that time period I could have used my 9 to 5 To fund my to fund my uh, business And so That is a, a Very key lesson Although I do hate Nine to fives Because that's just Not necessarily What I want to do For several reasons At that point in my life That's that's where I really Should have uh, That's what That's what I really Should have been doing And that also Goes back to uh, uh, Talking about um, Trying to take Those shortcuts and, and I ain't gonna get too deep in that again Because like I said I have a guest on the next episode And we're gonna kinda hit on that as well But when you try to take them shortcuts In reality what you're doing is You're just messing yourself up Because you're gonna end up having to go back And do the things that you that you, uh, that you skipped And so that's actually the season that I'm in now um, I'm back in the working field again And I'm doing it because I, I'm, And the reason that I'm doing it Is I'm literally doing it and I'm using the I'm using the nine to five to to fund my business. 
That's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing it for two reasons. I'm doing it number one because I need uh I need the money coming in right now. And so half of it is going, of course, to my house, but the other half I'm using it to fund my business. And and and, and I'm and I made a, a promise to myself that although I don't like being in the working field and although it's not for me, although I I feel as though you know I should be in a certain position at this point at this age or whatnot i made a promise to myself that i'm gonna keep um the nine to five that i'm in until it doesn't make sense for me to even be there um until it doesn't make sense but at the same time i am gonna be working diligently because again with the nine to fives you just never know what will happen and i'm you know i'm in a different place i'm at a different age i actually got a wife i got uh kids i got a lot of other things that um are depending on me so i'm definitely in a different mental space than i was back then when i was getting fired from all those different jobs and all that stuff um because it was just me you know what i mean but but now i'm in a totally different place in life so that's not necessarily an issue my issue is more so my time the time that I'm spending at these jobs um, versus the time that I could be spending at home um, doing the things that I want to do, the things that I'm passionate about. But at the end of the day, they, they have to be bringing in, they have to be bringing money in or, you know, I need to be creating different um, avenues to bring in money outside of a nine to five. So I can work on, um, my the things that I dream about, like the hot dog stand and uh, different stuff dealing with my music. Uh, so and and I'm working on that as well too. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's all about being freed up from having a nine to five and and being able to uh walk in uh the entrepreneur uh ship uh lifestyle. Um, which is at the end of the day, it's really all about being able to. Uh, make your own money and live on your own terms. That's actually what it's all about, and it's and it's really about buying your time back. And and, and let me say this though: even with being an entrepreneur, depending on what you're doing, I mean, you're still gonna be working. The only difference is you're working for yourself. And I feel as though if I'm working for myself, I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? And but even with me working for myself. The end goal is to still build something that's gonna work for work for itself, and that's gonna work for me. You know what I mean? That, at the end of the day, that's the end goal. You know what I mean? So, uh, and uh, and lastly, now that I am back in the uh, now that I'm back in the working field, um, like I said, I'm gonna try to. Do what I need to do, but here, here we go again. Here we go again. So let, let's talk about this briefly, and then, and and then we'll go ahead and end this. But so I got a new job. I'm actually working uh, at. Um, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. I'm gonna back up. So check this. This is what I was talking about when we when we talked about. Um, this is what I mean when we talked about uh, short, doing shortcuts, doing shortcuts, trying to shortcut stuff. So as I 
jumped into um, opening my studio, um, it, I wasn't able to uh, make ends meet for for several reasons. As a result of me having to close my studio, I ended up having to go get a nine to five job. And um, I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all exactly where it was. Um, I ended up going to get a job at Whataburger. Yes, what a burger. And the, and the crazy thing about it is it was just weird because I was a 21-year-old assistant manager um, years ago to, to come in as a 33-year-old regular worker, you know, making almost minimum wage. But... I had it was it was something that I had to do because at the end of the day, again, I got a family to support. I got to do exactly what I need to do to 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 do my part. You know what I mean? So, you know, I I, I end up calling up there. I said, "Hey, um, are y'all hiring?" They said, "Yeah." Can you come up there today? I said, "Yeah." Went up there today, and that day she told me when I started. So, you know, it made sense. Uh, I didn't have to think about it. Uh, but the thing that was weird was the actual day that I turned my keys in for the studio, from the studio, that I had spent so much time in. This was like a second home to me because I spent so much time there dreaming about how I wanted it to look, how I wanted it to be. Um, you know what I mean? And what I did was the day that I turned my keys in, that's the day that I started at Whataburger and it was and it was a weird day for me and it was and it just it was just one of those days and one of those moments in life um of doing a lot of reflecting and so once I started working there I was working uh 7 p.m to 12 I'm at 7 p.m to 3 in the morning as I was working there I just started to think about things different stuff I could have did what well, I'm gonna say number one when you when you're doing when you have a studio and you're doing music and stuff like that you don't even that's you don't even really want to jump out there like that when you're doing a studio, the proper way to do it is you find another studio to work out of that fits you because I was working out of studio, but it just wasn't a good fit for me, just the environment. So you find a studio to work under and you build your clientele up until it makes sense for you to jump out there. So if I had to stay working at that studio or well, not that one in particular, if I had to found a studio to work out of, built my clientele up until it made sense for me to get my own spot. I would have never ran into that issue. But again, we talk about, you know, trying to take shortcuts. So fast forward. Um, secondly, what I could have did was that could have saved that is I could have got this job. And just by doing the math, I could have worked five days a month, right? Five days a month. And I would have been able to afford the rent at that studio. That that was that was something very simple that I could have did, but, that, but I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. I could have went and got a fast food job, and I could have worked five days out of the whole entire month and been off the rest of the month, and I would have been able to pay the rent at that studio, and then I would have been able to just continue to try to build my clientele up and do different stuff I needed to do. But again, I didn't think about that. So. But I will say, so I worked at Whataburger and, and with me working there, I was there maybe a week. Uh, you know, the manager was asking me, was I interested in a manager position? I had several managers ask me, 
was I interested? But I and I told them no because I was not interested in being at that job. It was a low level job. I'm not. They were men, mentally low level employees. Everyone was good people. It was it was a good job. It was fun environment. But I knew that I didn't want to be there. And so every day I looked for a new job, and I put in applications. And so I literally was there for six weeks, and I had another job. Again, while there were people that that were there for years complaining about the job, complaining about the stuff every day, but not doing anything to change the situation. So I was there for six weeks, got another job. So the new job that I got is at a company called Groom Transportation, and this company, um, this company has the contract for the UAB has a contract with UAB to drop to do the UAB bus. So if you go downtown. Um, on the south side, you see the big UAB bus. That's what I, that's where I work at. And so um, I came in, you know, and it was weird. Because, again, it was weird because I had already worked, not necessarily for that company, but I worked for a company called First Transit. Um, and so that had the contract prior to them. And uh they didn't do a good job with the contract. They lost the contract, and that's why Groom came in and got it. Groom has had the contract for two and a half years, and so uh, when I when I got the job, it was it just was a totally different environment. And from day one of me getting on the bus and driving, I just felt extremely blessed to be there because the job was paying good. I was literally in a air conditioned bus, a nice bus, riding around in, in circles all day. And it, it is, I mean, it just was a blessing, number one, to be there because I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just, I was just at Whataburger a couple of days ago feeling miserable. Well, not not necessarily miserable because after the first couple of weeks, I had, you know, the first two or three weeks, I got that, I got the whole miserable thing out of my head. I just enjoyed going to work every day. So uh, I didn't even think about being miserable. So, but I still didn't want to be there. So, Got the job at Groom, and I just was so grateful to be there every day. And I'm like, dang, that's that's that, that just was a testament of how quickly your situation can change. Um, the mo- the majority of us, we just sit here and we think about stuff, and we overthink it, and we overthink it. But if you just go ahead and act on it, I promise you, I promise you, before you look up, all, and like the old people always say, all you got to do is keep living. That is true because time goes by so fast. And if you just act on whatever it is, all you have to do is just 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 make that step. It's gonna happen. But we don't we don't look at it like that. So I was like, dang man, I'm I'm at a new job. It was good. And so uh and so I was just extremely blessed. So with this particular job, since I've been there, maybe like my first maybe like my first uh week. Uh, my, the general manager called me in the office. Here we go again, y'all. I, like I said, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Back to the title of the episode, it's in you. So he called me in the office, and he was like, hey, man, I love your spirit. It's just something about you, X, Y, Z. You know, when I came up, that had my sons. So he seen that I was serious. I meant business. And he was like, man, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know you. 
He's like, but it's just something about you, man. He said, man, there's a lead driver position. Now keep in mind, he ain't never seen me drive or nothing. He never, he never, he he did not know anything about me. But he was like, man, there's a lead driver position here, and it's yours if you want it. He said, just come in, do what you got to do, X, Y, Z. I'm like, cool. You know, I, you know, I, I don't think about stuff like that. People say stuff all the time, so got there, did what I did. One of the managers. Um, came to me and she was like we have a lead driver position I think that you would be great for that I'm like dang that's the, so that's the second time I heard that she was like uh, she was like I was like well tell him that I told her joke and I said don't tell me tell Derek I said but I told her thank you though so maybe a week after that I was driving a bus and the same lady she came and she she, she was like I was driving behind you and you didn't even know it. And she said, she was like, you the best driver we have here. I was like, dang. Now keep in mind now, again, here we go again. There's people that have been here for years, for years, you know? And so long story short, this past, uh, today is Saturday, this past Friday, which was yesterday. Uh, my su- my supervisor on the second shift came to me and they offered me the the uh, the lead driver position and I accepted. <laughs> you know it's going to be more money, uh, more responsibility, but again, it's it's an elevation in the job. But this is the thing, though. This is the thing. While I'm extremely even even if I did not get offered this position, even even you know. I, even I'm just extremely grateful for the job, but it's just a weird position to be in because they're ele- they, they they're interested in elevating me, but mentally I am trying to do everything I can to um to not have to have a job. You know what I mean? So it's just one of them things where it's weird because I know that. At this point of my particular, at this particular point of my life, I need a job. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. I need a job. Not only do I need a job, I have been blessed with a job, a good job, where I'm getting paid good money and the work that I'm doing. I'm not doing nothing but riding around in a big circle all day. It's a it's a really good job. Not only is it a really good job, but now I'm being offered a job to be in some type of leadership position. And I've only been there for I, I got my I, got, I just got my second full check last weekend. So I've been there. Let's see. Two, four. Been there like six weeks. I've been there like six weeks. And it's, it's just one of the things where I just thank God I'm, I'm blessed. But I'm kind of like on the fence of, and and no, it's not, it's not, it's not messing with my performance or anything. It's just one of them things where a nine to five. At the end of the day, I still gotta be at this place every single day, Monday through Friday, at one forty-five, and I can't leave until nine thirty at night. When I get home, my kids be sleep. During the daytime, my kids be at daycare. I don't get to see them, and this is my life. Not being, you know what I mean. Not being able to see my kids doing it, you know what I'm saying? And when I get home, they're asleep. That's not that's not the life that I want for myself. 
But so many people accept that life and they do it for years and years and years. And, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be here. It's not promised. You know what I mean? And so it's just one of them things that is bittersweet. So although I'm blessed and I'm thankful, I also know that I want better for myself. And so now what I'm having to do is I'm having to be responsible, be mature, understand that I need this job, understand that I need to keep this job, not quit. You know what I mean? Because along with me getting fired from some jobs, I don't quit a lot of jobs, too. I have just because of me feeling like I don't want to work for another person. So I told myself, man, with this particular job, I'm going to stay there. I said, I'm going to stay there till I make a meal. That's what I said. Uh, you know, I said I don't know if that I don't know if there's any truth. I don't know if I truly mean that, you know. But I will say this, man. Uh, one of my mentors, Jamal King, he did it. Uh, you know, I said he 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 was a police officer uh, for the Chicago Police Department, and he actually retired after working 20 years at this job. But he retired as a multimillionaire. For years, he didn't even need his paycheck. Um, within his first year of being there, he didn't even need his paycheck. So for 19 years, he didn't even need the paycheck because he got into real estate as soon as he started working there. And he was making more money at his uh, from real estate than he was at that job. But he stayed there for 20 years. But the reason he stayed there was because of legacy. His, his mom was a cop. His dad was a cop. His sister was a cop. His brother. You know what I mean? So that's I mean, not his, not his sister wasn't a cop. She was in uh she was in that field. His brother was a cop. That's the reason that he did it. Um, so I don't necessarily know if I'll be there until I become a millionaire because, you know, that's just a status that you say until I make a million. But I will say this. I will be there until it does not make any sense for me to go in that job and clock in again. And that's what I'm figuring out how to do now. I'm getting, my, getting a hot dog stand. And, and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm still the serial entrepreneur, but what I'm doing is I'm putting... Um, my studio I'm putting all that stuff On a back burner right now Because what I'm learning Is I can't focus On both at the same time The music that's in me That's gonna happen naturally um, uh, Getting my business together The hot dog stand Becoming a A food Getting in the food industry um, That is That doesn't come naturally to me The customer service aspect Preparing the food All that type of stuff That comes naturally But The business aspect Of that particular field does not come naturally to me so i need to i hate that i hate i hate it but i have to i hate i'm talking about putting music on the back burner but i gotta focus on and i'm gonna still be trying to do some you know what i'm saying i'm gonna still be doing some music but that's not gonna be my main focus i gotta put it on the back burner right now and i have to focus on the hot dog stand and getting my business up and running the way it needs to be especially in the time that we're in now where the industry is still very new with the plant-based eating and um stuff like that so uh that's pretty much where i'm at i'm gonna be focusing on the hot dog stand um getting everything together with that while i continue to work this job i don't know what's gonna happen with the job they may i know that there's a lot of changes going on and there may be a supervisor position available for me after this I don't know how long that'll be. You know, I've talked to that. I've talked to the supervisor, to the GM about that as well. He talked to me about that. So there, there's a future here for me at this job. But even though there's a future there for me at that job, guess what? At the end of the day, it's all. I, it's always going to be somebody over me. 
Even if I get a supervisor position, even if I become the GM, guess what? There's still somebody over him. Even if I get the job that's over him, guess what? There's still somebody over him. I would never be the owner of that of that place. And and when something does happen to me and I and I pass away, I'm not gonna be able to leave my son that. And so at the end of the day, that is what's most important to me. And so I'm gonna be focusing on getting my particular business up and running, the hot dog stand. Um, because at the end of the day, man, um, I just can't get away from it. I can't. I can't get away from like no matter what I do, I'm never gonna be happy until I'm 100% fully into entrepreneurship. Whether it's um, in real estate, uh, whatever the case may be, because I'm doing some real estate ventures now as well. But everything that I'm doing is getting to the point where I am making my own money for myself and providing that for myself and and building something that when I leave that I can pass on to my children so they can have a better life than I had at the end of the day. Um, so hopefully, man, you guys learned a little bit more about me, uh, how I became an entrepreneur, um, you know, how I became uh, who I am uh, at this point. And hopefully, man, I didn't keep you guys here too long. So appreciate you guys listening uh, until the next episode. Hey, and be better. All right.